Hallelujah. And uh, good, good, good stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight and on Tuesday nights, we emphasize quite a bit on prayer, and uh, we've been emphasizing. And I went back and just began looking, and God's been trying to bring our church for years now into a place of prayer. We put our prayer wall up. We're just really trying to, to emphasize the importance of prayer and uh, the significant of, significance of that in our life. And so tonight I just wanted to uh, go through this portion of Scripture, actually two passages of Scripture that are the two most amazing royal invitations that you can imagine that we've been given. And uh, how many would like to be invited to a palace sometime? A king or royalty invites you to come to the palace, come hang out and do that stuff. I mean, that'd be awesome and stuff. I've, I've had the opportunity to be in some places and stuff, never in a palace, but in some cool places, had some cool invitations over time. And, and I thought about that. And you know what? I, 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 uh, you almost jump at the opportunity to go there, to be there. You rearrange schedules. You say no to other things to go there. But uh, we have this amazing invitation from God to come to the throne of grace. And uh, so tonight, we just want to talk about that. So we're going to read these passages. So let's just pray before we dive in here tonight. Father, we thank you, God, that you are so amazing in our lives. And Father, I thank you that you desire to meet with us more than we can even imagine. It is your heart and your will that we would be a people in fellowship with you that we would have the boldness and the confidence to come before you, believing that you receive us and that you are willing to answer every petition and to meet every need of our lives as a good father for us as your children. So tonight we ask that the eyes of our understanding would be open, our hearts would be ignited and enlarged to believe and to press in and to accept your invitation in a greater measure than ever before. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 and beginning in verse 14, if you want to read with me. Then seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Our confession. And so our confession is our faith in Christ, but it's our declaration of everything that we have in, through, and by Him. Amen? Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what? Our weaknesses. Or, uh, the original translation says our infirmities, but it translate, doesn't mean sickness there. It means our weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come timidly unassuredly, with doubt, with reservations, with lacking assurance. Yeah. But let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy and find what? Grace to help in the time of need. Now if you remember, uh, through beginning of the summer and first part of the summer, I spent a lot of time talking and teaching about grace and ministering on grace and the power of God's grace in our life. So here Paul says that, that, that we may find grace to what? Help in our time of need. So, and, and, and if we don't grab a hold of this and start thinking about it on a different level, then we miss out. But thank God we are truly saved by grace through faith. Amen. We are, or to say it correctly, we are saved by faith through grace. And so God's grace, and as we studied, it was God's grace upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God working in Him, led Him to the cross. He became the price of our redemption, and through God's grace working in Him, empowering Him, we enter into that salvation. Are you with me? But now God's grace wants to now work in our life as well. This empowering ability of God, the grace of God, empowers us, enables us, equips us. So Paul is saying we come to this throne, and here we come in weakness, and then we find grace to help 
our weakness. So there's an empowerment that is available to us. And many times today we see fellow Christians, we go through season, we feel, man, I'm struggling. Where do I find the strength? How am I going to make it? How am I going to deal with this challenge? How am I going to deal with this circumstance? Things are happening. I feel grain down. Wait a minute. There is, if you're feeling weakness, then you have an opportunity to approach a throne that dispenses grace to help in a time of weakness. Are you with me? So this is the invitation. That we're talking. It's just amazing. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. You can keep your finger there. We'll come back and look at these verses. But Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, for me, I, it's just my personal conviction. Nobody, everybody debates over different ones. I personally believe Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews. And uh, I believe this is what he always wanted to say. And uh, the Lord just let him say it. It just is amazing. So it, uh, others believe it's other people. I don't care because it doesn't say I can choose who I want it to be. So me personally, I believe it's Paul. So verse 19, therefore, brethren, having boldness. Everybody say boldness. Therefore, so we, we, we can boldly come. Therefore, we can boldly come. And so now Paul says here, therefore, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And many times when we teach on this, we use that example. How many, when, when, when your children were small and doing another thing, how many know small children are very bold? Small children are very bold. My, my kids always were when they were younger. My, my grandkids are. They just boldly come in. They barge in. They break in. And, and, and they come with petitions. And they boldly come expecting to gain an audience with you and expecting to receive. Doing all right? And so with that, but Paul is saying that same thing. So we boldly come into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he consecrated for who? So there's a consecrated way made available for us through the veil that is his flesh, which is literally, and I have written in my margin here, the bread of life, and have a high priest over the house, and having a high priest over the house of God. Many times people, maybe you wonder why in the offering that we do this. It is important that we acknowledge that right now Jesus is our high priest. Yeah. And if we went back a couple chapters to chapter 8, you would find out that it's written that every high priest must have something to offer on behalf. And so Paul teaches us that even through our confession, through the words that we're declaring, and, and, and through our actions, through our faith, through our obedience, that's what we're giving Jesus to offer up to the Father as our priest on our behalf. So he has to have something to offer. So it's so important that I acknowledge he is now my high priest. He came as our prophet. He is our high priest and he's returning as our soon and coming what? King. He'll come back as King of King and Lord of Lord. But right now he is ministering to the Father on your behalf. There is one mediator, one priest between God and man. That is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And so it's important that we understand that. And then I ask myself, what am I offering up? And so when it comes to something, if we went back and looked, you go back and, and, and you read in, in the Old Testament, said, well, you know, you, you wouldn't offer Jesus. said, you wouldn't offer your governor. I mean, the, 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 in the scripture said in the Old Testament, Malachi said, you wouldn't bring this garbage to your governor or to a leader. You wouldn't bring lame animals or sick things to them. You wouldn't offer them the, the least or less. You would offer them, you, you would acknowledge them. So God, and so God said, why do you bring that stuff to me? And so for me, as my high priest, I, I want to be giving him, I want to acknowledge him. Are you with me? And, and worshiping the Father with the best that I have to give of my life and everything. So look at what he says here. So having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart, in what? Full assurance of what? Faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from what? An evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And sometimes we just need grace to hold on to our confession. 
Sometimes everything around us says it isn't working right. And that was so powerful about Nilu's testimony Sunday morning when she said that it was nine years from 99 to 2006 that she was wrestling and reading the Bible and struggling with the Koran and going through that depression. But there were seven years of her coming to Christ and in that transition. And so in that meantime, what she's saying is, and that's what she said, if you have somebody you're praying for, if you have somebody you're witnessing for, then don't grow weary in your well-doing. Hold on. There's grace to hell. Hold on to your confession. Don't start speaking against it. Well, I guess God's not working. I guess they're never going to get saved. Look at them. They're just enough. But do yourself a favor and just shut up. Just do yourself a favor and, and, and just, just, you know, go get a couple stitches for a while and just stitch that thing shut. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let us hold fast to confession. See, uh, uh, the, the psalmist said, oh, God, set, set a watch at the door of my mouth. Set a guard. Set, set a watch at the door of my mouth that, that I speak the right things. Amen. So watch this. Let us hold fast to confession of our faith without wavering for he who promises faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and what? Good works. Not strife and contention. Love and good works. All right? Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of son, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. How many know those are two great, amazing invitations in one book that we have by God? Amen? Amen. So when we say that those are invitations from God, because we believe this is the inspired Word of God. This is God's Word. We, we just had the class Tuesday night. We're doing the introduction to the Bible. And, and in there, there, there's three verses. The, 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 it, it, it has God's Word. It contains God's Word. It, it becomes God's Word. Or it is God's Word. No, this is the Word of God. That's what we believe, okay? And, and so we believe that completely. We believe it is verbally and plenarily inspired. That means every dot, every part of it, every bit is the Word of God. God moved on men of old, and they wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so it's been handed down to us, been preserved by us. If you think about it, in that class Tuesday night we share, this Bible was written over 1,600 years on three different continents and three different languages by 40 different authors. It's, it's been preserved down through the years. And if you look at the manuscript, the manuscripts are, 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 are retained copies. Uh, they're, they're, they're a codex or a copy. A codex is a book, and then there were scrolls. But, but, but in that, they've been retained, and there are over 4,500 manuscripts that the Bible was derived from, Okay. And so with that, God has preserved that. And then if you go back and you realize, as we found out, that the Bible was first written in stone, and then it was written on clay, the, the, the message of Ryan, were first in stone, and God wrote the Ten Commandments on stone, and, and then the, the next type of writing, they would chisel things and stuff in stone, and, and then they went to clay, and, and they could scratch things out in clay, and, 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 and then they went to skins, and... and, and and that in, in animal skins, and then they went to papyrus, and then they went to vellum, okay? And, and so through all of that, and yet it's preserved, and out of that, down through the centuries, and down through the millenniums, God has pre preserved that, and then you take these 66 books, and you put them together, and how in the world can they have any continuity? It's amazing. It's, and it's a living book. And we talked about it Sunday night as well. It, 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 is that when you read it, that, that even though for me, now for 38 years, that I've been reading the Word of God, every time I read a passage of Scripture, as I'm preparing for this tonight, as I'm reading, there's always new stuff that comes up. Wait a minute, I've read this a gazillion billion times. Over these years, I've read it so many times, and yet it still keeps speaking new life to me because it's not a book, it's a living Word. Are you with me? And so when we understand that, we have this great invitation from God that has been given to us. Look at the cover of your outline. There are seasons in our lives when deep calls to deep. The Spirit of God calls deep into our spirits to draw us into all that He created to be. Every one of us, if you're walking with God, you're going to experience seasons when the Spirit of God is calling you to go into a level of relationship with Him you haven't entered into before. Amen. 
If you're a married couple here tonight, then in that, in your walk with one another, you'll send season. We, we choose. Let, let's, t- let's go deeper in our relation. We can either stay right here on the service, or we can really learn what it means to be in love together. We can really explore life together, and, and, and we can live beyond just what everybody else is enjoying. We can really have a life together. Yeah. Amen? But there's a calling and there's a a choice to enter into that type of relationship. Every Christian has felt the Spirit of God drawing and calling them into a walk and a life in Christ that surpasses all they have known before. Let me tell you, I don't care. I've been saved 38 years. You may have been saved 67 years. God bless you, but you still don't know everything about God. There's more that he'll reveal to himself. What, what trips us up is when we get, we, we get I know it all attitude. I've been saved long enough, I know it. I've heard that sermon before. Pastor preached that two years ago. Now he's preaching that again. I'm preaching because you didn't hear it two years ago. Amen. Amen. Because you watch people, if, if people are hearing it, if they're getting it, then it should be producing life, it should be producing fruit, and people shouldn't be cycling in the same circumstances over and over. Yeah. Are doing all right? So the, the longer we live and the longer we walk, God will always have a better place. There's always the invitation from God to take off your shoes and come up just a little bit higher. No matter how long you live with God, He'll always be calling you to a higher and a deeper relationship with Him. He has more to show you. Think about that. One of my favorite passages. Remember Moses. I mean, Moses is with God. God's showing up. He's in a bush that burns and isn't consumed. He's speaking to him. And, and God says, Moses, here's my commandment. And he watched God carve out stones and write the ten. You know, that is so cool. And then Moses take him down, and then and, and 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 then Moses goes down. The people are messing up, and Moses throws them. And God goes, I just made those. <laughs> and Moses breaks them and throws them down there. And they go, okay, and makes you some more. And and so the, he's got this amazing relationship. There, and then Moses just gets that place. And God, that's not enough. I want to see you. Nice. I want to see you. I don't want to just see manifest. I want. I want you. Nice. And God says, you can't see me and live. Because what I am, I am a consumer. I am holiness. I am purity. And my nature, what I am, will consume you. If, 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 if I allowed you to see me, I, 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 couldn't st- I couldn't stop from consuming you. So God says, the best I can do for you. Now watch this. So God wants you to know him more than you want to know him. So God says, I can't do that, but by your request, the best I can do is you crawl in this crack. You call in this cleft in the rock, and I will pass by. And as I pass by, I will cover you to protect you. And then when I get far enough away, I'll let you see the backside of my glory. Most goes, okay, cool. Okay, but 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 look at so here's Moses, and if we ever get this, if this gets in us, God, I want a heart for you that somewhere doesn't get content with you know with the finger in the rock, and I saw the burning bush, and I had this experience, I had that experience. Okay, cool, you know, I got to hit the rock, you, you know, and the water came out. I, I got to do do the part the sea thing. That's a cool experience. Okay, I'm content. So let me ask you, you, what have you become content with in your walk with God that there's something more at the throne of grace available for us? Doing all right? Okay. So uh, See, I truly believe we're coming into a season when more believers than ever before will answer that call and allow God to lead them by His Spirit into a place in their relationship and walk with Him they have never been to before. I believe right now God is trying to call people into a relationship in a place where they have never been to before with God. It is time for prayer to occupy the most important place in the life of the believer. See, our usefulness, energy, happiness, growth, and satisfaction depend on it. One of the highest calls in the Word is the call to prayer. We just read two of the highest calls. Here's an image. Come before the throne of grace. 
highest thing to be invited to the throne is the call to prayer. Hebrews gives us the sweetest and most promising invitation to prayer. Paul invites us to the throne of grace. It was once called the mercy seat, but now it is called the throne. When we draw near to God in prayer, we come. How do we come? We come to God as a king. Who sits upon thrones? Kings, royalty sit upon thrones. Are you with me? We come to him as a king. With reverence, with confidence and submission. We should sing that song. To him who sits upon the throne, be glory and honor and power forever. Amen? So, that's where we come. We also come to the one who gives as a king. Are you ready for this? If <laughs> he gives as a king, therefore we should ask largely and expectantly. God is a king, and he gives as a king. He doesn't give out of his smallness, he gives out of his fullness. I'm a little bit ahead of myself here. But Romans 8 says, He who did not spare His own Son. Romans 8 says, If He freely gave us His own Son, if God did not spare, but gave us His only Son, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? So everything that pertains to life in God, that he has given at Peter wrote, God has given you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. That God has freely given us everything. What does everything leave out? Nothing. Are you with me? And so expecting that when we come. But, but see, life, there's always a voice, there's always a pressure, there's always a contradiction. Every time you read the Word, there will always be a voice of contradiction. This is what happened in the garden. Has God said? And the voice of contradiction, can you really expect that? Can you really believe that? Could you really receive that? Would God really do that? There will always be a voice of contradiction. That's why Paul said, let us come boldly and let us hold fast to our confession. Let's hold fast to that declaration. And so believing God, trusting God, and when you're weak, say, God, help me. Give me the strength to hold on. Amen? So we come to the one who gives it the king. Therefore, we should ask largely and expectantly. He has riches of grace and power. To the, we come to the one who sits upon the throne of grace on purpose to dispense grace on our behalf. This God said this is a throne of grace for the purpose of dispensing grace. And what is grace? Power to help in your time of need. Amen? Wow. How about you? Let's just quit and pray. Amen? Amen. All right, watch this. So what? So, it is his design, his objective in displaying himself as king is to let us know that he's there to dispense grace as a benevolent, loving king. Amen? To the one who, when he hears our prayers, is enthroned and glorified. See, grace is at its utmost when believers pray. For it is grace that is upon the throne. See, we come to the throne of grace and we exalt him as the God of grace when we call upon his grace. Are you with me tonight? Yes. All right. And then number five, to the one who by hearing our prayers acts as sovereign over our lives, but his sovereignty is revealed in the fullness of his grace. God just sovereignly, willingly dispenses his grace over our lives and declares that his grace covers everything. Amen? It's amazing. It's awesome. Think about it. It is to this great throne that all are invited to come, sinner and saint alike. We're called to come. Amen. And the moment you come, the sinner finds grace and forgiveness. Amen. If you just come, everybody can come. It's available to all. Amen. How I many remember when John looked out, he saw Jesus come. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
Amen. And everybody was offered. No, Jesus never told anybody, well, before you approach me, you need to go get right. He never told anybody to get right. He said, if you'll come, my grace will flow to you and you will become right. Amen. I'll make you right by grace through my blood. I'm here to atone for you. You can't make yourself right. Jesus came to do it for us. Amen. That's the power of his grace. So what a privilege of being able to have an audience with the king of grace. Wow. Get ready to go to prayer. People say, where are you going? I'm going to go meet the king of grace. Yeah. Spending time in the courtroom of grace. Amen? The court of grace. Wow. So watch this. Paul gives us the loving exhortation that simply declares, let us come. It comes from the voice of one who would go with us. It's an unprecedented invitation. Think about it. Paul says, hey, I'm going. You know, Peter, we read in the book of Acts, Peter and John going up to the to the house, to, to, to the uh, the temple at the hour of prayer. They were going together. David said, come, let, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so there's an invitation to go together. Paul's given that invitation. If he was here, he said, hey, let's go to the throne together. Amen? So it's an invitation that he is there to go with it. It comes from the voice of one who would go with us. It is an unprecedented invitation. Paul is a man just like us, but even more as an experienced believer who has tasted and tried the power of prayer. See, the invitation comes as well from the, whole, from the whole church speaking in and through us. It is the voice of generations gone by calling us to this most precious place. One great thing to do is get books on prayer by, 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 by previous generations. Amen. You know, I was writing and, and dialoguing with a young man uh, from a church in Vacaville and some stuff about the election and stuff and that on, on, on Facebook and that. And uh, I just said, you know what? History is the best prophet of our future. History is the greatest prophet for our future. Because if we don't learn from history, we're due to repeat it. And if we would go back and learn what happened, what, what, what happened in other nations and every government when they started going down the path that our nation is going down, they didn't survive. And if we don't learn from history, we will repeat the failures of it. Are you with me? Yeah. But the same way, if we would go back and read history of saints and, and those who have gone by, when Hebrews 12 said, hey, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. So the church of the ages is joining in this invitation of all the saints who have gone before and found grace to help at their time of need in their weakness. They're saying with the invitation of Paul, come on, let's go to the throne. Amen. This is the invitation is also coming directly from the Holy Spirit who is giving Paul the inspiration for what he writes to us. The Holy Spirit also is the one who would and will go with us, helping us in our weakness and willing to make intercession through us. That's why I love the baptism in the Holy Spirit. People say, well, I don't know about praying in other tongues. I love praying in tongues. I love praying in the Spirit because when I go, I come to the throne of grace. Well, how do I pray? What is the right thing to say? I'm glad that the Lord said that when I'm weak in my prayer, that the Holy Spirit is now the one who prays through me and he makes intercession session through us and for us. He's even, I just, I just love God. God says, hey, you can't make it, so I'll make a way for you. But then if you come and ask me, you won't know how to ask me, so I'll put my spirit in you, so I will ask through you, for you, from me, then I will give you what I prepared for you. It's a win-win situation if you would just engage. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about that. And so we talk ourselves out of amazing grace. Let us no longer be indifferent to His holy and sympathetic call. Let this be the year, the season, the day that we move to draw near to God. Think about the adverb boldly. The adverb of qualification, let us come boldly. This does not mean proudly, presumptuously, or with a tone of demand, for it is the throne yet boldly with the confidence, for it is the throne of grace. Wow. It's just the confidence of knowing He's invited us and He wants us to come. He wants us to come. Wow. Just think about that. 
God, wait a minute. So many, think of, maybe you never have, but I've met so many people over these years of pastoring that have felt incompetent in prayer. They felt like they couldn't pray, didn't know how to pray, weren't qualified. They never felt bold in approaching God. Never had a confidence that they could boldly come with an assurance and a confidence to help. And people say, you may have had people, would you pray for me? I'm just not sure. I know how to pray. God, pray. I need you to pray for me. Help me. But because there's a, they don't have that confidence, that boldness. But yet they're invited to boldly come. Amen. I think about, what if we had to approach our parents the way we think we have to approach God? Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure I know how to ask for a new bicycle. I'm not sure how I should ask for something to eat. I know this is the house that I live in, and I know there's food in there somewhere. I wonder what would be the right way to approach getting some victuals. Hmm. Nah, I'm sure if I ask, I get turned down. Yeah. Do you understand that? There's a reason that God says He's our Father. There's a reason that He calls us His children, that we're sons and daughters of God. Do you understand that? But yet, we, in all of our ingenuity and intelligence, Mess up the simplicity that is in Christ. Amen? So, keep going with me. So look at that. So we come to this throne of grace. What is meant by the insertion of boldly, this adverb? It means that we may come constantly and at all times. It means that we come undeservedly with any type of petition, petition, that we may come freely with the simplest of words. Amen. For years, I've loved it when Donnie Moore comes and he'll preach, he'll preach a camp or anything, and many times just before he preaches, he says, okay, let us pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. You know, just enough wisdom to say, Father, help, is enough to release grace on your behalf. To ask for help, boldly, with confidence and with assurance that He will help. It, it doesn't matter how you articulate it. It doesn't matter what your verbiage is and it, what, what to, the context of your sentence is and whether you have everything all in the right order. It doesn't matter whether your voice changes to say, God. It, it doesn't matter the tone. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter your posture. Just think, think about it. I'm, I'm serious. And, and I, I'm being sarcastic and, and, and I'm being a little bit facetious in that. But think about it. If your children had to come, uh, Father, I humbly come on behalf of shoes. Yeah, I know thou seest my need at all times. My toes are curled up at the ends. It's hard for me to stand right now. Yet I petition your divine providence that in your amazing benevolence you might see fit to uncurl my toes. And you just look at him and go, you want shoes? Yes, yeah, shoes would be nice. Father... I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and <laughs> All right, moving right along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we come undeservedly with any type of petition. We may come freely with the simplest of words. We may come hopefully with the full confidence of being heard. We may come fervently with urgency in our plea. Yes. Father, now... I don't need next week. Some things you need now. Yeah. I ain't missing. 
And look at that. And God knows you need it now. Amen? Yep. I, I love that. That's why I read that testimony from Khadijah. This is a miracle from God. And when you get your answer, you can say the same thing. Oh, mama. Yep. I love you that. Oh, I said, oh, mama. Amen. That's funny right there. Amen. So watch. The reason for our boldness. Look what he says. Let us therefore come. Verses 14 and 15 we read in Hebrews 4. Go back there. Look at verse 16. Let us therefore come. So go back up then and look at verses 14 and 15. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So this is the therefore for our boldness. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but when all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So this is why we have boldness to come, because of who Jesus is to us. He is our high priest. When we get to the throne, the Father is seated by the throne, and Jesus is at his right hand. I need to move in the right direction. He's at his right hand. And, and so the Father's there and the Son is there. And when we come, Jesus stands up as our high priest to receive our petition and present it before the Father. Now, now go back to get the picture. G, the Father is seated on the throne of grace. Jesus is seated at his right hand. And when you come before the throne, your representative gets up from the right hand, becomes, steps into the petition of your high priest. And then when you get there and you don't know what to say, you allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you and you begin praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, and letting the Spirit of God pray through you. So now the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Jesus is receiving the petition and presenting on your behalf, and you're just there as a conscientious observer. But you came boldly to that place, and now the Holy Spirit is praying through you. Jesus is receiving and petitioning the Father for you, and the Father is dispensing it to you. So you have the Trinity of God engaged in answering your prayer. I'd say God's on our side. Amen. God is on our side. So the reason for our boldness is therefore we come to obtain mercy and find grace, not so we can utter good words for acceptance before God, but actually to obtain blessing. We can come when we need great mercy because of our sin. We may come when it seems we have but little grace in our lives, and we may come because we are in great need of even more grace. The Bible says that he gives us grace for grace. Amen? Amen? So there are so many other reasons that move us to come at once and come boldly. Our character can implore us. What does that mean? It means we're invited to come for mercy. And therefore, as all being undeserving, sinner and saint, we find their answer here. Oh, so our, my character of who I am, my fallen nature implores me to come and find mercy. Because in and of ourselves, there, there's nothing good. Come on, all our, is it true? Is all our righteousness a filthy right? Without His grace, without His mercy, without His blood, we have nothing to bring. The character of what we were and what we are, apart from Him, needs the covering of His grace and His mercy. The character and the measure of God encourages us to be bold as we come, leaving fears and despair behind as we enter into His grace and mercy. Thirdly, our relationship with Him as His children gives Gives us great freedom. Yes. Amen. Amen. My kid, Cody, especially growing up, Cody got to the place where when he asked for stuff, he, 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 it, it, it didn't matter what it was. He had this one term. It only costs. <laughs> now, what followed didn't seem to matter at all. It only cost $12,000. Hey, it's only $12,000. So, so as long as he said it's only, it's only, how you been? And then our other son, Austin, anytime we went out to eat with Austin, it's like he went to filet mignon. <laughs> we just said, Austin, what are you ordering? Uh, this $97 steak. <laughs> 
He would always, you know, he like, he'd, he always, he'd, he'd, what are you doing? Well, we're, we're having dinner. <laughs> he did boldly. He didn't ask the waiter to come and go, I'll, I'll have one from column A and four from column B and this on the side. How many know what I'm saying? Yeah. Am I the only one who had kids like that? No. They just like, do that. It's only. All right. And then Jamie, Jamie's line was, I'm your only baby girl. All right. Hey, man. And she does that today. It works. 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 Hey, man. But where do they find that? Where do they get that from? They're my children. And they expect. Hey, man. They look at you and go, but you're El Shaddad. The all-sufficient one. You're called to supply all my needs. Wants and desires. Amen. So we get side jobs. <laughs> Amen. So what? So we come as children... And it gives us great freedom. The Holy Spirit draws us near to the throne. You'll always feel the Holy Spirit drawing you towards God. The promise of, promises of God invite us by their greatness, freeness, and sureness to the throne of provision. We come because Christ has already been given to us. And is there anything God would withhold from us or deny us? If Jesus has already been given to you, what else will God withhold from you? Go with me to Romans 8. Let's just read it. I want you to read it. Everybody will turn to Romans 8. Watch it. Romans 8, verse 31. Paul writing here says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? An amazing verse. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. God didn't spare. He gave His Son for you. Everybody look right at me. God gave His Son for you. You. Every one of you. He gave His Son for you. He gave His Son for you. The best. His only begotten Son He gave for you. To be the price of your redemption. To pay for you the debt that was insurmountable that could never be paid to forgive you, to completely set you free from it, to never have it laid to your charge again. Jesus paid that for you. And so then he pauses and he says, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He said that he will freely give us all things. Why? Because we're invited to come that in that grace is the fullness of God's provision. Now, if you go back to Matthew 6, what Jesus said. He says, take no thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And if he so clothes the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and cares for them, how shall he not, with, how shall he not freely give all things to you? Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. So learning, the key is, is just learning how to honor God with your life. How to live as honorable sons and daughters. Not bringing reproach upon the family name. 
Amen? Just living and honoring God with your life. And, and, and it just works. Wow. Now get this. One success at the throne will produce the solid confidence to return. Come on, when you get an answer to prayer, you have confidence to pray again. Amen? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. How many know Khadijah's fired up right now? She just got told we don't have enough money to do that. And then she gets a, a text from me today and she goes, Whoa! I mean, she's, she's hyper crazy right now. Amen. I love that lady. They're fun. Hallelujah. It was awesome. We had lunch with her and Muhammad uh, Yeshua Jr. now, I call him. And uh, he, uh, um, just hearing their testimonies and stuff and, and how they came to Christ and stuff was awesome. And then she told us about her father coming over and actually getting uh, lived with them and uh, came to be with them, was with them for six months, got a six-month visa, came over, and then he actually died in their home while on that visa. And, uh, I mean, it is powerful when she shares the testimony. She sat up with him the, the last night he was alive. She sat up with him all night. And Muhammad had been talking to him, witnessing him, talking about the Lord. Sat up with him all night until 2.30 in the morning, talking to him. And he finally was asking her questions, how can you know? And she was asking him about going to heaven. She says, I don't know that I think I'm going to heaven. I'm hoping I'm going. She goes, wait a minute, Dad, you've been serving this and believing this all your life, and you don't even know you're going to heaven? You have no hope, no assurance? But, I mean, she went, did the whole story about witnessing him. And finally she goes, he goes, you saw him. He came to you in your dream. I want to see him in my dream tonight. The next morning he got up and he would go for walks and stuff and go around. He said he was always active and stuff. I think he was 67 years old. I'm not somewhere right in his, in his late 60s there. And he got up to go for his walk and went around where they lived down there in, in, in Gold River and that. And on his walk, he had a massive heart attack and died. And so she went into a deep depression for a few months, and, and the Lord said, hey. She was all mad. God, my dad, my dad got saved, and now you take him and all this stuff, da 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 And the end result was, I said, you know, isn't that amazing? And I told her, I said, isn't that amazing that the Lord graced his life and graced you for him to be here and come to the Lord? And what the Spirit of God told her, said, if, if, if he had gone back, going back to Iran, they would have stole what he received. Mm -hmm. He'd have given it. He'd have been talked out of. He'd have been convinced and pulled after all those years. Yep. So I see the grace of God. I mean, a lot of stuff. I'm going, man, that's amazing. Yep. But God's grace all the way through that, that even your family. So what? She waited her whole life, watching her whole dad. And so never give up on your confession. And when things don't turn all out, we think God should have done this, you should have done that, then we get depressed, we go into stupid and all that, and then the Holy Spirit came and said, so what, so what are you doing? And kind of like literally slapped her, kind of. But anyway, good stuff. Amen? Yes, yes. Fun stuff. So hold on to your confession. Now watch this. The greatest reason for all having confidence in our approach to the throne is Jesus. Therefore, we have a high priest. Amen? Jesus. He's your greatest reason. He's the one who was slain for our redemption and the mercy seat is covered with his blood. If you've studied the Old Testament, anything in there, you know that the ark and on top of the ark, there's a lid there and the cherubims are over it and, and, and their wings spread out and cover it. But the high priest would go in the Holy of Holies and the mercy seat was the lid of the ark of the covenant and the presence of God there. And the, the representation is on the day of atonement, they'd take blood and they would pour it over that and the blood would cover the lid of the ark or the mercy seat at that time and it meant that when God saw the blood he couldn't see through the blood to see the law to judge Israel and so the blood was a covering that held back judgment for a year and then every year they placed the blood and God would stay the judgment for another year but now what's happened is is that the mercy seat has now become the throne of grace because the blood that was on the ark was the blood of animals. But the blood that was on the, on the, on the throne of grace is now the blood of Christ. And it annihilates the law and the handwriting that was against us, never to be brought against us again. And that's why when God sees us, you, you are now covered with the blood. And now when he sees the blood, 
he passes over. Are you with me? Amen. All right. So he's risen and we're justified and covered with his blood. He's risen and has justified us by his righteousness. Thirdly, he has ascended and taken possession of all the covenant blessing on our behalf. So now let us ask for that which is our own. And then fourthly, he is sympathetic, tender, and caring for us. We must be heard. When you come, you will be heard. Let me put you like this. One of my favorite, and I haven't taught on covenant for years and gone through and just really taught on covenant, but if we, if we understand covenant, our Western mindset doesn't understand covenant. If we did, we wouldn't question God. David and Jonathan made a covenant. And David said, this is between you and me and our seed forever. This is between you and me and our seed forever. And as long as either one of us have seed in the earth, we must keep this agreement with them throughout our generations of our bloodlines. And so at the death of Saul and the death of Jonathan, when David became king, he says, is there anybody left of the household of Saul to whom I can show kindness to. Loving kindness, tender mercies. Um, uh, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. Those are covenant re requests. It's called calling on covenant. And so David said he found out, well, there, there, Jonathan has a son, Mephibosheth, and he's in Lodibar. And then David says, well, then go and fetch him and bring him here. And when Phibosheth comes, he doesn't understand. But he is being redeemed because of the agreement made between his father and David. And so J David has covenant obligation to redeem Jonathan's son. And when he redeems him, he brings him back. He restores him the full uh, provision of his grandfather's house, of his father's house. And he said, not only that, but those, there's going to be people taking care of that for you and you're going to sit at my table and eat of my provision the rest of your life. Now on your behalf, the son made a covenant with the father before the foundation of the earth and said, I will become their seed. I will become man. I will become humanity. And I will enter into covenant with you on behalf of humanity. And I will give my life for them. And so, Father, you have to keep covenant that you made with me with humanity for eternity. And so then when we come, we enter in like Mephibosheth. We were outlawed. We were living in a barren and a pastureless place called Lodibar. Your life before coming to Christ was Lodibar. You were fruitless. You were an outlaw. You were a rebel. You were an outcast. And yet grace found you, rescued you. The Holy Ghost found you, brought you into the presence of the King. And then when you sit down, God says, I'm the God of forgiveness and restoration. And today I'm restoring to you everything that was taken from you. And if we ever give that and live in the fullness of restoration, then our confidence is restored and we have no problem boldly coming. Amen. Father, I thank you this evening. Lord, I pray that by your Spirit you bring an impartation to those who are here tonight. Father, that a new and a fresh boldness and a confidence would arise in them.